Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. So today we are starting a relationship series. Uh, If you've been around Lifehouse for a little while, you would have heard me say that the greatest things that will ever happen to you or the greatest disappointments in your life will always come through relationships. And, and so they're an important part of our life. God has designed us to be in relationship. And so today we're gonna start the series and then I will continue it again tonight at our baptism service. We've got a few people being baptised. I welcome you to come and to celebrate in people's uh, big moment. It's a big moment in their lives. And uh, yeah, mate, they're trying to get rid of everyone today. What's going on? It's great to see you. Great. Well, we've titled this, this, this series, uh, this whole series is always called The Relationship Series because that's what people just call it. It's called The Relationship Series. Are we doing a relationship series? Yes, but we thought we better, we better keep letting people know where we're heading. And, and, uh, and the tagline of this one is building a genuine connection. Building a genuine connection with people, with those whom you love, with those whom you're doing life with. And so we're gonna be unpacking some, some messages that we, we pray will really bless you, help you move forward. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for every person in this room. Lord, I thank you for those that are listening over at East right now and watching. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that everyone under the sound of my voice right now would leave this place completely blessed completely knowing that you've got a plan, you've got a purpose. Lord, you've got wisdom for us to download. Lord, so that come Monday morning, God, we can just feel like we are empowered to live the life that you've got for us. Lord, bless us all in Jesus' Name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Terry Horton was a retired 60-year-old truck driver in the US. She had an eighth grade education and drove trucks. She had a close friend um, that she used to do life with and she thought she would um, uh, you know, play a bit of a trick on her friend and so she went into a thrift shop for her birthday, uh, an op shop we would call that in Australia, an op shop, and she wanted to buy her friend a gift um, to celebrate her birthday but not having a whole lot of money and also wanting to play a bit of a joke on her friend. She went into this op shop and uh, she looked around and she tried to find the ugliest thing that she could find and give that to her friend as a gift. Some of you have done that before, but you didn't mean to do it, but that's what you did. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it happened, that just happened. And, um, and so she's looking around thinking, what is the ugliest thing in this gift shop, and so, in this thrift shop? So she's looking around and she saw some vases. And Anyway, she looks over in the corner and over, over in the far corner, um, there was this huge, huge painting. And, uh, and she looked at that thing and she thought, that's gotta be the ugliest thing I have ever seen in my life. And it was quite a large painting, like it was, it was you know, almost two metres by two metres, sort of, uh, so this thing was huge. And she thought, not only is this thing ugly, but it's big. And so she got it <laughs> delivered to her friend's house. And when they delivered it to the house, she brings it into the house and her friend says, what have you done? This is the ugliest looking thing I have ever seen. And they laughed about it. Anyway, she said, please get it out of my house. I don't want it here. 
But before they did that, what they actually were going to do was actually take this painting and they were gonna use it to play darts and to just throw darts at it because, you know, big piece of canvas and you can, but they got wildly drunk apparently and didn't do that, as you do. Please answer that because it's an important phone call. <laughs> it's important. Um, so she says, please get it out of my house. So Terry takes this thing out of her house and gets it delivered to her own home. And when she takes it to her home, she puts it out the front because it's a garage sale, so she's selling it with a whole lot of ugly stuff. And as she's beginning to sell this particular painting, an art professor drives past the house. And he stops the car and he backs up and he gets out of his car and he goes and has a look at this painting. And he says to the woman, excuse me, where did you find this painting? She said, I found it in an op shop. And he says, how much did you pay for it? She said, $8. I think I overpaid for it, she said. He said, um, okay, um, do you, I, I, this painting, it, it, looks, it looks slightly familiar to me. Some of you may know what the painting is. This, this is what she bought for her friend. How many of you agree that it's pretty ugly though? <laughs> but what it also is, is a Jackson Pollock original painting. What she bought for $8 is now valued at $15 million. $15 million for an original Jackson Pollock. You know what I don't understand about that story? Is the art teacher. Why tell her that? before you've purchased the painting. That's something I never, you hear these stories all the time where they give it away before they've bought the painting. Well, needless to say, Terry Horton then took that painting and had it, had it validated. Um, she didn't actually end up selling it. She passed away just recently. What she actually wanted for it was $50 million for a painting. Why am I talking about this today? Terry Horton was going to throw darts at this thing with her friend. Her friend didn't want the painting because she didn't value the painting, because she didn't know what it was and who created it. Right? But the reason that the friend didn't value it was because Terry didn't value it, because she didn't know what it was. She didn't value the painting, her friend didn't value the painting. The thrift shop owner didn't even value the painting because they didn't know what the value was. But to someone who knew what it was, it was very, very valuable. And today I wanna talk to you guys, before we start this series, we've gotta realize one thing. If you want someone to value you in a relationship one day, friend, you've gotta to learn to value yourself. Yeah, you've gotta to learn to love yourself. Because if you don't know your value, then how is someone else supposed to know the value that you have even put on yourself? They may not value you. Why do some people just go from one destructive relationship into another? There aren't that many people in the world who want to destroy your life, but why do some people just seem to end up in that same spot every single time, being mistreated, being undervalued? Because they don't put value on themselves. 
And this woman didn't know what it was worth. The thrift shop owner didn't know what it was worth either. And I wanna, I wanna challenge us today because this is, a, this is a really good news message. It's a good news message because what I want to do for you today is I wanna be the art professor who drives past your life and to say to you, do you realise what you are worth? Do you realise how valued you actually are? And my job today is to convince you of that. And for some of you, you think you're already convinced, but I'm gonna challenge some of you to go a bit deeper because you think you actually value yourself. But when you look at some of the things that you're about to hear, maybe you don't value yourself enough the way God values you. And listen, it can only do great things when we understand who we are and what we are worth. Dr. Les Perot, um, he's, he's actually the, um, the man and, and, and his wife, they're a psych- psychologist that have put together a course called Symbus, which is our pre-marriage course. And, and he says that in order for us to have healthy relationships, we need to be healthy individuals. Did you hear that? For us to have a healthy relationship, we individually need to be healthy. And the biggest lie that has been ever perpetrated that came straight through Jerry Maguire was that when we look at someone and think that someone else completes us. Friend, it's not the truth. We can be single and completely complete in Christ. How do we know that to be true? Jesus was single and He was fully Complete, as far as we know, the Apostle Paul was single, yet he was a complete man who served God, served his generation, changed the world. Hey, single people, no one's gonna complete you. Hey, married person, no one is designed to complete you. God is the one who completes us from the inside. Come on, give him a huge round of applause. To be healthy, we have to know that we can become complete. Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 to 10. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you are also, what is it? Complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Friend, this is, this is my goal for you today, that you would have a healthy, profound sense of significance. Write that down. If you're taking down notes, if you actually love God, write down (laughs) these things. We all need to have a health, a a, a profound sense of significance. Do you have a profound sense of significance? Are you constantly comparing yourself and feeling less than? We want to have a genuine connection. Friends, we're only gonna have a genuine connection with others when we have a genuine connection with ourselves, when we are not running from ourselves. And when I talk about valuing yourself or loving yourself, this is what I'm saying. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. What I'm saying is is that we would see ourselves and believe about ourselves what God believes us and the way God sees us. That's all I'm, nothing more, but certainly nothing less. That you would believe about yourself what God believes about you. What does God believe about you? How does God see you? Because Our goal is to see ourselves in the same light. How much does God value us? Well, He sent His only Son to pay the price for you. That's a lot of value, friend. People didn't value that Jackson Pollock 
painting because they didn't know who created it. Friend, your value doesn't come from what you do. It doesn't come from what you say. It doesn't come by how you look. It doesn't come by the things that you do and the things, the plans that you've got. You have value because of who created you. You are an original product. You have value. Heaven says you're one of a kind. You're a piece of art. But I'm not very good looking. Well, that thing's pretty ugly too. Come on, we're going to get away from that. It's not the good looking people win or the thin people or the buff people. It's a friend that you've missed the point of life if you think that's what the world says is valuable. God says, I don't care whether you're thick or thin or good looking or right. I made you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Imagine when someone actually believes that and the value. There's not a chance they're going to allow people to walk all over them in that negative sense. Of course, there are times when we have to turn the other cheek. But come on, those of us that have been parents would know that your two-year-old walks up to you sometimes and they show you a piece of paper with some crayon on it. Come on, parents, what do we do when you see that piece of paper and it's... Let me tell you what we don't do. Well, you've sort of drawn within the line, uh, out of the lines there and um, what is that? That's so ugly. If you are doing that, please come and talk to us later. That's really bad parenting. No, no, come on, parents, what do we do when you see that? that, that and, it's, and, and look, Dad, it's a frog. Are you serious? It's not even green, like what? Like it looks like a truck or something. Look, Dad, frog. Oh, fro- it's a frog. You're a, come on, come on, come on. Oh, you're amazing, you're unbelievable. Seriously, is it amazing? To you it is. Because you're just glad your kid's got eyes and hands. And some crayons that they drew on the walls with, but who cares? <laughs> Come on, we don't, we don't sit there and start to analyze. You've got to realise that your life, when you wake up every morning, God goes, oh, oh, you're so amazing. But God, I haven't really done everything right. And I haven't, I know, but you're amazing. You're so beautiful. No, no, we think our lives are gonna be within the lines and the colours are gonna be in the right boxes before God says, I don't know, I look at that thing and I think it's pretty, it's not great. (laughs) Listen, my goal and God's goal is to put value on you. It is to put value. Satan's goal is to devalue you. And if you don't realise that, it's going to happen to you again and again and again. The Bible says that the devil comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. Do you know that word steal is the word klepto? That's where we get the, the word kleptomaniac from. Do you know if you look at the meaning of the word klepto in Greek, what it actually is, listen to it, it's to steal by stealth. In other words, you don't even know that you've been robbed. And you know the enemy wants to steal your value, steal your worth without you even knowing about it. All of a sudden you just wake up and you, you just don't feel right. You don't even know what's happened to you. You know what's happened? You've bought the lie that you're not valuable. You've bought the lie that somehow you're here and everyone else is there. The enemy has done his job. But Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life abundant. I've come to give you joy. Come on, we've got to decide that we're not going to let the enemy do this. To us. The enemy's plan to Adam and Eve, listen, listen, these people were in the garden. What does the enemy say to them? If you eat from that tree, he says, if you eat from that tree, he says, you will become wise and you will become like God. 
Now, this is an interesting statement because they believed that they were missing something, so they ate of the tree that they shouldn't eat from. The funny thing is, is that he says that you'll become wise and you'll become like God. Friends, this is the thing. They had all the wisdom they needed at that point in time and they were already like God. But they bought into the lie that they were missing something. And so they started to make some decisions that ultimately cost them. Do you know, I don't know whether you've heard of this thing and I'm sort of almost afraid to get it out there because it's so destructive, but it's a real thing. Have anyone heard of this thing called negging? No? Maybe look it up on Wikipedia. So it's a very destructive concept. And what it is, it's actually a, a way to pick up girls. Ladies, seriously, this is directed at you. It's a way to pick up girls. What guys do is when they see a really pretty girl or a girl that looks confident, look this up on Wikipedia, it's, it's terrible. But there's this whole concept where you walk up to the girl and you say something really negative to her. And, and what it's supposed to do, and it works apparently, is that the girl who thought she was valuable but now has lost her value, because she wants to recover her value with you, she actually wants to somehow start going out with you now. Ladies, if you fall for that, please, please don't fall for that. If some guy is negging you, you just need to say, listen, you and your negativity, you can just go away because I believe that I am right, I am complete, you can't speak into my world. Listen, we see this happen all the time, and I'm gonna be honest, even I do this sometimes, not toward people, but you know, when I was buying my little hobby car recently, quite an expensive car, but when I went to go buy the car, some of you have done this too, when you've bought a second-hand car, when you walk up to the car, you don't go, let me tell you what you probably shouldn't do when you go to buy a second-hand car from somebody. Wow, this is the best car I've ever seen. This car is so valuable. This car is, that's not gonna help you get the price down, right? So you have to find the things that, you know, aren't quite great on the car. So you've got to walk around, you go, oh, there's a few scratches on the rims, but you've got to pretend like you just sort of, and then, and then what he's supposed to feel is like, yeah, the car isn't that great, and then you buy it for a bargain price, right? <laughs> right? And so I'm walking around this particular car, and I'm like, oh, there's a bit of a scratch there, and oh, that's going to cost a lot of money to fix that, oh, yeah, you know. Meanwhile, I'm thinking the car's awesome, right? But, you know, oh, you know, everything, everything I was saying was true, but what was I doing? I was trying to get him to devalue his car, right? And while I'm doing that, he's on his phone. He's just, he's like, yeah, 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 just keep looking, mate. Yeah, yeah. So I go, so mate, um, this is the price I want to give you. He just goes, are you kidding me? This is what it's worth. And he was showing me other cars that were less than this, had more kilometres. And he was saying, look how much he wants, look how much they want for it. And when he did that, I just went, you've got me. All right, here. Do you know when the enemy starts nagging you, you need to turn to your Bible and say, listen, I know, I know you're trying to make me feel less than, but this is what the Bible says about me. I'm a child of God. I am loved by God. I am made in His image. You just need to get your little app out and tell Him what you think. Don't allow people to devalue you. You've got to, are you hearing what I'm saying today? Listen, there are some people in this room and your ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend, as they left your life, they made some comments that to this day, you actually believe. But the reason that they said it, whether it was true or not, they had a motive. They just wanted to get away from that situation. Maybe they had found someone else. But you've got to believe what God says about you, not what some other person would have to say about you and your attitude and the different things in your world. Come on. 
We need to get to a place where we are so secure in ourselves, it doesn't matter what we wear. You know, just recently I went to go buy some, some clothing and I was quite shocked, like, you know, I'm walking around and you go to some of these brand name places, you know, these, these, this, and I'm like, you know, look, I don't mind if something's got a little bit of a, an emblem or, but it's gone, it's gone crazy now. Now, now like, the, the name is like right across the front. Like, can everyone see what I'm wearing? I, I, just, I don't want you to miss it because if it was a little emblem, you might miss it. I need you to see it right across the front. Sorry if you're wearing something like that today, my apologies, right? <laughs> But my point, now, so you can get t-shirts that have got people's names on it, you can get pants, you can get shoes, you can get underwear, underwear. Who cares what underwear you're wearing? But now it's gotta have the name because, really, we really need to see your, even your underwear has to be, who, who's seeing it? Are you walking down the street, can everyone see? Who's seeing your, but listen, some of your value is in that. So, for, for some of you, it's like, but I'm not wearing the designer clothes. I'm, I'm less than today. Friend, that's not the truth. You know what? Instead of wearing everyone else's name, why don't you put your own name on your T-shirt? I'm serious. I've, I've had my own, my own name. Look, look, look. I've, I've created my own T-shirt. Look, watch this. Okay, where is it, guys? Here it is. Look, look, here it comes. Look, there it is. That's what I said. The perfect man, super sexy with infinite charisma. Humble and funny and full of good ideas. I love that. Always right because he is Richard. Basically the most interesting man in the world. You can actually buy that online. I didn't create that, by the way. You can actually buy that. I'm buying that T-shirt. Oh, that's a bit proud. I think most of that is true. (laughs) You can decide which parts aren't. But we, we wouldn't dare wear something like that, and you probably shouldn't. You probably shouldn't. But the point is this. This is what Jesus said. Matthew 22. You can take that off now, guys. Definitely take that off. Matthew 22, verse 39 says this. Jesus says, I've got two commandments for you. One is love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. And then he says, in verse 39, the second is equally important. He says, love your neighbour as yourself. And some of you are like, Okay, so what does that mean? Jesus is saying, love people the way you love yourself. And some of you are like, that's awesome because I hate myself. <laughs> so I'm just gonna hate everybody. I think very little of myself, so I'm gonna think little of everybody. I'm, I'm always condemning myself, so I'm just gonna condemn. And, and that's exactly the truth. But you gotta understand when Jesus made this statement, there's a couple of assumptions Jesus is saying, guys, I want you to forgive. I want you to accept. I want you to, to embrace. I want, you, I want you to love people, he says. You know, like the way you guys love yourselves. Jesus is taking for granted that we actually love ourselves. And so he's saying, you know how you guys really love yourselves? And we're supposed to go, yeah. But in today's society, if I was to go, you know how you guys love yourselves? You'd go, not sure. But Jesus took for granted that we actually loved ourselves that we cared for ourselves. And that he's saying, and the way, you got, the way you guys do that, he's saying, do it for others. And listen, Jesus is not alone. Have a look at what Ephesians chapter five, verse 28 and 33 say. This is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is assuming the exact same thing. He says, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. Hey, 
The Apostle Paul is assuming that every guy in this room loves his own body. Come on, for some of us that's not true. But the Apostle Paul is assuming that you love your body. I'm not talking about you standing in the mirror. Love your body. No, no, no. Stop putting stuff into your body that's killing it. Body. That's what he's saying. You're supposed to love, you're supposed to love your wife the way you love your own body. And for some guys it's like, awesome. I do nothing for my body. So you do nothing for your wife. He's, look, it gets worse. Are you ready? Uh, sorry, it gets better. <laughs> for, a man, for a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. Okay. No one hates his own body. Is that true? Because it should be. But actually cares for it. Just as Christ cares for the church, we are members of His wife. Okay, here it goes again. As the Scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Here it is again. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself. Can you understand why I would start this whole series by saying, can you please love yourself? Can you please care for yourself? Can you, can you please value yourself? Because half the reason that we can't seem to love our children and our co-workers and people around us is because it's a full-time job just trying to recover from the way we feel about ourselves. And we feel like we're ripping ourselves off when we're kind to someone else, but we're not even kind to ourselves. So I've got just a couple of points for you. Can I give you just a couple of points? Number one, stop judging yourself. Stop. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about don't judge others. Listen, that's gonna be very difficult if you keep judging yourself. You've gotta be super kind to yourself. This is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, I care very little if I am judged by you or by any human court. Listen to what he says. Indeed, I don't even judge myself. Did you read that? I don't even judge myself. But for a lot of us, you're not a millionaire. Millionaire. At 30, and you're judging yourself for that. Stop it. I, I thought I'd have three kids by now. Don't judge yourself. I thought I would have been more educated. Don't stop judging yourself. You got, come on, we're, we're, we've got to get beyond that. I'm not going to speak too much into that because I think we've already gone. Number two, come on, you've got to believe in yourself. Oh, this sounds like sort of new age stuff. No, no, no. Believe what God says about you and believe that about yourself. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not telling you to believe more than what God believes. No, what does God believe about you? You need to believe that about yourself. Yeah, that's true. Apparently you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. When you believe in yourself, you're just saying, God, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Number three, quickly, forgive yourself. I heard, I heard a psychologist say recently, if at the end of every day we were to take out a USB out of the back of our head and plug it into a computer and it downloaded all the words that you've spoken to yourself over the day and we collated it into a book, what would it, how would it read? How would it read? Oh, you're so terrible. Oh, you are such a beep, beep, beep. Oh, why can't you be a little bit more like, would it be a horror novel? Would it be like a fairy tale? What, what, what is it? 
How, how did your self-talk go? I'm not gonna say it again because I've said it way too many times, you guys are gonna start thinking very bad things about me. But I know all my weaknesses and I'm trying to work on them, but while I'm doing that, I'm still looking in the mirror saying, you're awesome. You're a good bloke. You're a really top bloke. Some of you just haven't done that for a long, 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 long time. But yet we expect to have awesome relationships with people, but your relationship with yourself is not where it needs to be. So come on, give someone a high five and say, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Some of you would have heard just recently that Instagram, have you heard this recently? Instagram have recently, starting in Australia, you now can't see the likes on other people's Instagram posts. Did you know that? Yeah, you can't see that. Can't see it anymore. So now you can't look at a picture of someone else in Australia and see how many likes they have. And they started it in Australia. I've got to be honest, I've got to be honest. I think it's great, it's awesome, it's fantastic, it's awesome. I'm a little bit concerned though. I'm a little bit concerned. I think it's a good thing. But why did, why did Instagram have to do that? And why did they have to start it in Australia? Let me tell you why they started in Australia, because we have got one of the highest suicide rates around the world. And why do we have a high suicide rate? Because people don't feel like they're achieving, they don't feel like they're moving forward, why? Because they look at their own Instagram posts and only four people liked it, but the other girl at youth group, wow, she's got 490, and apparently that's enough for a girl to go, I'm not worthy, I'm not valuable, and for her to do something really, really crazy, or for a guy to say things, do things, steal things, because they haven't got the likes that someone else, can I be honest with you? That's just way too fickle. And Instagram shouldn't have to be our hope and our support. We should just say, you know what, Instagram, I don't care what you do, to be honest. Thank you, thank you for what you're doing. But I've got so much self-value that I don't really care what I see on other people's posts. I, I mean, that happens to me, I'm on there and I'm like, wow, look at that pastor, look at what he put up, look how many, and I just go, God, thank you for the amount of likes that he got. Because that's his life and that's his responsibility but I'm gonna love what's happening in my life. So here's the next point, be thankful. Be thankful for the gifts on your life. I remember going to a party and speaking to, to, it was actually one of Helen's cousins and a very intellectual man, very intellectual, um, high up in the, in, the, in the field of commerce and politics. I remember we had dinner together and, and you know, I was a much younger man and, and um, and, and he was sort of just banging on about things and asking me questions and I really didn't have a whole lot of the answers. That, and, and I remember walking away feeling really deflated and feeling really, really small. Why don't I know things about commerce and politics like he does? And I remember I felt really small. Well, a few days later, he was actually on television and he was working for one of the big banks and he was giving a whole um, you know, futurist uh, economy talk. And as he was speaking, and I'm not saying this to judge, hear what I'm saying, he couldn't put two words together. Seriously, he was so nervous, he was jittery, he was sweating. What he was saying was awesome, but how he was saying it, I thought, wow, gee. And then I thought to myself, here I am, small, thinking little thoughts about myself because he's, he's, he's got it all together. But yet I've got this speaking gift that God says, can you just stop looking at other people? I've given you some gifts. I've given you some talents. There are some people that are looking at you wishing they had your life. 
And here we are just looking at everybody else feeling small when God says, no, I've put some things on your life and you are an individual and your thumbprint. You know, the only reason why, the only reason why Apple can be really secure in having facial recognition ID over your phone is because every face is different. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's the only reason, and, and the thumbprint. Why, why, why do they have that as a security measure? And they're confident about it, that I can't walk up to your phone and put my thumb and then all of a sudden it opens up. They're confident because you're so unique. And my challenge to all of you today is, hey listen, Terry Horton didn't know the value of that painting. The funny thing about that painting was that it was always worth $15 million, even when it sat in the thrift shop, it was always worth 15 million. People just didn't recognise it. I'm not telling you to do anything different than to just recognise who you are. So that when you meet someone and they begin to talk down to you, you've got the, 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 the strength on the inside, the steel to just say, can you not talk to me like that? Because I'm valuable in God's eyes. I've got worth, I've got some value. Amen. Come on, today, I need all of us to go on a journey. We're gonna learn a whole lot of stuff about relationships. Friends, it starts with you. With you. I'm pointing to one person in particular. He's, he's pointing to himself, so I'm saying, yes, it is you. <laughs> East starts with you. Come on, for some of us, we want everything around us to change, and God would say, yeah, yeah, I'm working on that, but, but can you change first? And what he wants to, you to change is your mindset. You're valuable. You've got worth. Can I, I think we all know you're worth more than $15 million. You're, 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 not, you're not just a painting. You're God's handiwork. In Jesus' name. Come on. And as we walk around, come on, I want Lifehouse people to just be known as people who really value themselves. They love God, but they love themselves. Why? So that we can love others in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Listen, I've gone over time. But I, I, I really feel that I need to just close with just this one scripture. It's not a great thing to do to close a message with a scripture. Okay, if you're ever preaching, don't ever do that, but I'm doing it today. But it's just too important to miss. And, and, and this is it. Second Timothy chapter three. This is the apostle Paul writing and he says, but mark this, he says, there will be terrible times in the last days. So he's talking to us about end times now. And now he's gonna tell us how bad it's gonna be in the end days. And what's the first thing he says? People will be lovers of themselves. Hang on a minute, Pastor Rich. You're telling us to love ourselves and the Apostle Paul is saying that's, what, that's how it's gonna be in the end days. He's, he's talking about it like it's a negative. Well, it actually is because people will be lovers of themselves and the very next thing it says, and they're also lovers of money, and they're boastful. Do you know what he's saying? He's saying that yes, you love yourself, but you've forgotten to love others. So you are supposed to love yourself, but you're then supposed to take that love for yourself and give it to others. That's the difference between ego, when someone says, oh, he just loves himself. Oh, you're talking about the person who values themselves, but they don't value others still. No, 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 I'm telling you, love yourself, but quickly give it to others. Quickly love others. 
that's, that's the balance of this. I'm not telling you to just go home and just sit on the couch and just say, I'm just awesome and do nothing about it. No, no, you're supposed to love others as you love yourself. So come on, today we're gonna go on a great journey of discovering and we're gonna become better partners, better marriages, better relationships with our kids. We're gonna talk about parent and children relationships, but it all starts within you, amen? So come on, can I get the keyboard up? Where are these guys? Can you come out here guys for a moment? Let's give the Lord a huge round of applause. East, I'm gonna hand back over to you. We're gonna give you a huge round of applause. We thank God for you. Continue the good work, guys. What a good God we serve. That right now, as He looks down from heaven, He just says, masterpiece. Beautiful. Amazing. Every one of you. But I've made mistakes, Pastor Rich. Come on, some of you have seen me do this before and I just feel like I need to do it again, but I don't have the prop. But can you just imagine I've got $10 in my hand? Can you, just, can you do that? Can you use your imagination? If I had $10 in my hand and I took that $10 and I dragged it through mud and then I scrunched it up and then I trampled all over it and then I went and hid it under a rock and then I took it out and then I purchased some drugs with it. Can I ask you a question? That $10, is it still worth $10? <laughs> Has it lost its value? But it's dirty. No, it's lost, no, no it hasn't. No, it's still worth 10. And some of you feel like that $10 note. You feel like, but I've just, how can I still be valuable? I've just done so many things that are bad and evil and I've ruined my future. And God would say, and I was there the whole time saying to you, you're still valuable. You're still valuable. Come on, some of you even know it. While you were there in that moment, making, there was this sense that, oh, this is not who I am. And God's saying, you're absolutely right. You're valuable. So today, I'm not even telling you to clean up the $10 note. I'm just saying, can you just still admit that it's valuable? That's all I'm asking you to do. I'll leave the cleaning up to God. He'll, he'll talk to you about all that. I just need to be the art professor that says you're valuable. You've got value. But I've been divorced, you're valuable. But I've been bankrupt. I've actually hurt people, I, I know, but you're valuable. Come on, you're valuable. You're not as ugly as that painting. You're valuable, you're beautiful. This is not one of those weak, soft messages. This is, this is the absolute truth. If you don't get this, then you'll be open to anything. But when you get this, you'll go, I just don't do that because I'm valuable. Amen. Hi, I'm Richard Kabaki and pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you 
that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.